Hello and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is episode 206. John and Wendy, welcome back. Sarah Noel Wilson. I'm your host, John. (laughs) And I'm Wendy. How are you, John? Wendy, I am well. Happy February to you. Happy February. Holy moly. We are incredibly excited. In the month of February, we have a new sponsor with our friends over at Workology. Yay! So excited to be working with them. Very excited. (laughs) Appreciate Jessica Miller-Merrill wanting to take part. We're partnering with Workology throughout the month. They have a new program that they're working on called the Workology Council. It's a a mastermind community. We'll be talking more about that throughout the month. But again, really excited to have Jessica and the Workology team on board with us. Yep. It is also right before, if you're listening to this in real time, as it comes out, We have an event Sunday, the 6th, 7 p.m. Eastern. It's our fourth anniversary party. I think that's what we're calling it. Celebration. That's crazy. Hey, we even got Sarah's, Sarah got a response out of that. But (laughs) it is still hard for me to believe, John, that we've been doing this for four years, which means it's the fifth anniversary of the Twitter chat in June. Yes. And it was funny, I was I got my eighth anniversary with, with my professional Twitter account not very long ago, maybe a, a month ago or so now. Okay. So it is amazing how time time marches on. Yeah. Really looking yeah. forward to, to being able to see folks on, yes. on Sunday. We're just going to tell you, this is just a get-together. We don't have anything. Don't worry, I'm not going to ask difficult music trivia questions or anything <laughs> like that. It's going to be a, a chance to visit, hang out. Yeah. Bring your own cake if you'd like, or bring your own drink of any <laughs> bring kind. Your own drink, bring your own whatever. whatever. I, I want to bring my own cake. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm totally gonna do it. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Melanie Peacock all the credit in the world for that because we yes. had a conversation. She's like, you want to have everybody bring a cake, bring their own type of cake or treat that they really like. Bring your treat. <laughs> I, I do want to say if you are on our email list, if you received the emails from Wendy with updates about the show, if you've attended trivia night, movie nights, anything where we send out something, you are going to get the private Zoom invite on Sunday. If you are not, please DM us, send us an email, contact us before that afternoon. Before Sunday. Before Sunday. <laughs> and we will add you to that list. But yes. again, if if you've participated in anything before, we've got your contact information. Yep. You will be on the list. We hope as many of you can attend, will attend. It's just going to be a chance to visit because, you know, Wendy, unfortunately, we haven't, fortunately, or unfor- I don't know which, we haven't done one in a while. So I, I think it's a great time to not. be able to do it. We have not. You know, we kind of, uh, we did a lot in 2020 and got tired. So 2021, when we thought we would be back out in public, um, but we weren't, which is fine. We're, we're trucking along. And so, hey. Uh, no one should be burnt out on virtual happy hours anymore. Exactly. You should be looking forward to it. Come and join us. Thinking, John, I will probably bring ice cream and maybe it'll be a special flavor for us. Oh boy. Social hour flavor. I've got to come up with something. I don't know what it's going to be yet. Well, if it doesn't have bananas, it's just not, it ain't, it ain't social hour. They'll have to be something with bananas. Yeah. I don't know. I, I will think I will come up with something. Please plan to join us. You know, Wendy, it's it's funny. We got an audible gasp from Sarah a minute mm-hmm. ago. As everybody knows, I am the number one non-related fanboy to Sarah. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. My brother-in-law just asked. He just sent a message and said, "Do you have a like the biggest fan that your parents haven't taken?" And I was like, "My friend John took." There us. you go. See, there you go. I always, I always said non-related. 
There you go. I, I don't know what kind of introduction we're going to do. Wendy, I'm going to let you take it from here. Um, it, it's Sarah, and I'm just I'm super pumped to to have Sarah back on the show. Uh, she is on a mission to make workplace work for humans, which is the best mission of all. And so excited because we're going to be talking about her book, Don't Feed the Elephants, which comes out February 1st, y'all. Yeah. It's now. It's out. It's out. So... Uh, go get it if you haven't pre-ordered it. Super pumped to be talking to my friend Sarah, my fellow Bob's Burgers fan. <laughs> so, Sarah, first question: What is in your glass? I, I, I am so boring. Really, really <laughs> good water because I've been in meetings all day and talking so much that my voice is is a bit verklempt. It's a bit tight tonight, so I'm just keeping water it, works. Keeping water it works. hydrated. Yeah. I'll I'll have some propel after this. I'll probably have some orange oh, raspberry yeah, immune there. system propel. <laughs> Fancy. You're getting wild, Sarah. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about that. Well, Sarah, it is hard to believe you first appeared on the show episode 35. I know. Which was back in October uh, of 2018. God, we were so rested then. What have you been up to since then? How much time do we got? I mean, you know, like 20, 2018 was... I'm flabbergasted at that. Like I, I am, I'm a bit, you know, everything, everything's changed. I mean, obviously for lots of obvious reasons, but I think most notably team has grown, work has gotten clear, relationships have gotten stronger. There's been more boundaries set, <laughs> especially in the last two years. Or is it constraints? Yeah. Or constraints, <laughs> as our colleague and Tom would say. I, you know, I feel like we were babies in 2018, and I feel like a grizzled veteran now in 2022, in a good way. In a good way, okay. You know, like, you know, it's obviously it's been a hard go for the last couple of years on lots of different reasons. Who, who we are emerged from it, hopefully are clearer versions of what's really important to us. And so I do, I feel like when I think back to the, you know, when you and I first met, and Nashville is just like, oh, we're babies. That was so cute. I haven't been a baby for a long time, Sarah, but I get it. I get it. We, we certainly were uh, probably more wide-eyed, more, you know, probably more optimistic back then. Um, and now here we are. I don't know about grizzled, but, you know. <laughs> depends, on, depends on the day. <laughs> I, but also, like, I know you, you two were celebrating, but congratulations, you know, one, we know that podcasts don't last past like six or right. eight. And the fact that you've been doing what you've been doing for, for four years and is really incredible, especially given that half of that time was in a pandemic. So maybe that helped. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Cause I actually, I, I can say I, I don't listen to as many podcasts cause I don't drive. Sure. Don't right. Right. So much going on. But one of the things you did you wrote a book. Oh yeah, that that happened. Yeah. I <laughs> in case you forgot, I thought I would bring that up to remind you that, you know, you, you wrote a book. During this book that has been time. in like I feel like I've I've been in labor for three years. <laughs> and <laughs> John's loving all the baby references. I don't know, I don't have baby on the brain, but um that's the best way I can describe it. No, yeah, we I yeah. wrote a book. Wrote a book. So and let's let's talk about that a little bit. It's, it's out, which is crazy. I love the title, Don't Feed the Elephants, because it's just so perfect for, for, for HR and for humans as a whole, because we don't like to talk about the elephants. We'll feed them. 
oh, yeah. a lot and will like, try to ignore them. Uh, but talk a little bit about your writing journey and what you learned along the way and what has been the biggest surprise so far? You know, in earnest, I did, I did start this process in May of 2019 when I started the writing journey and had a rough first draft in November and then the world changed and how I viewed things shifted with it. And so that was a really interesting time. You know, the, the book is in a kind of a snapshot of where I am and our thinking and our practices that have been building for the last decade plus, but it felt like even in the process of writing it, things expanded and shifted. And sometimes in ways that I couldn't capture because it wasn't clear enough for me yet. And so one of the things that was a surprise for me was the, you know, being able to sit with the discomfort of things that maybe you, you can't include because at some point the book has to be done. The other thing is that it was, it's one of the most, for me anyway, vulnerable experiences because, you know, I, I lovingly joke that a, a bad presentation is temporary, but a bad book is permanent. And there's a thinking that is different about writing a book than maybe the thinking that's needed for workshops or coaching or other content you might create, right? Like writing an article, but realizing that there's a certain types of type of depth, right? That you have to be able to, to capture in a simplistic way to keep people's attention. There have been very emotional highs and you know me, I'm honest, very emotional lows of navigating that. And my publisher even said, you're going to hate your book at some point. Just know that's coming. And I was like, no. And I was like, I hate it. This is terrible. <laughs> and then, and then it got better. <laughs> that's what editing is for. So it's, it's been a, that, I think that's, that's part of what has surprised me the most was just that this is for me anyway, more than just getting my ideas and practices down. It was a real journey of reflection and refinement and also thinking about who am I writing this for? Whose voices might I be missing because of the lens that I bring to this work? And, and then being comfortable and okay that this is a snapshot, you know, because by the time that it was printed, I've completed it seven months ago. And seven months in pandemic time is, you know, like you were saying <laughs> the other yeah. day is like yesterday or last year um, right. is a lifetime. Sarah, as I mentioned to you before we started recording, this is the first time I've ever read a book for the show. So <laughs> I, I hope you will take that for what it is worth. I, I really, truly did enjoy it. So I think there's so many things that are applicable. And you do bring in the fact that things have changed since you started the process. Let's talk about how that shift to virtual has affected our ability to develop relationships, particularly those for leaders. How have you seen your clients adapt to developing those relationships? And how do we address the elephants that come up when sometimes they're on a screen or maybe not as visible? Yeah, right. Because you, you might be able to, if we're in person, I, I might pick up on everyone getting really focused on their notes, right? If they're going into a flight response, or I might see the side eye between two people, but we don't see the chats that people are sending to each other directly. You know, so there's, there's two ways I want to answer that. I feel like we're still on a, a journey to understand how do conflicts and disagreements show up virtually, because on some level, there's some element that being virtual has removed some of, some of the elephants, so to speak, right? Um, it's sort of removed the meeting after the meeting, or I can disconnect and not, if I'm struggling with somebody, I might be able to disconnect and set a boundary in a way and collect my, my space or have my peace that I, I wouldn't have had when we were in person where we'd have to deal with each other all the time. 
then the flip side is exactly like you said, we might not always be aware. So the thing that has shifted the most, I think, and what I've observed in the clients that we're working with and just my own experience, and I want to caveat this, and it's a tricky time because most of us are coming from a place of depletion, right? Like our energy isn't what it used to be. But the, the thing we heard early on from a lot of our clients is, boy, it's just so much harder to build relationships. And the thing that I lovingly would say is you probably weren't great at it before. You just had a lot more opportunities, right? You had a lot more quantity of interactions. You, you probably weren't as intentional before as we probably should have been, especially as leaders, like people who are in those positions of power and authority. Because the people I know who are really intentional about relationships didn't have as hard of a time transitioning. It just shifted vehicles. It was just the avenue was different. And so that's one of the things that you know we're learning is we have to be much more intentional in our connection and not just talking about transactional things, right? Because that's, that's one of the traps that happens and is happening since we've moved. So many people have moved to a virtual uh, environment is we just talk about work and we just talk about tasks and we just talk about the transactional stuff. And we have lost because we aren't prioritizing that the personal connection. So, hey, how was your weekend? Or, hey, you know, I saw, you know, your kid had this going on and, and that, you know, that cooler lunchtime chat. So we have to be much more intentional about those conversations where we can connect relationally. And so those are just things for people to think about. And, and then related to that, everybody has needs that are different related to the virtual environment, right? And how they want to be communicated with and how they want information shared. And especially if you're in a flexible schedule, you know, some people like the asy you know, asynchronistic working style. And so being willing to have conversations with each person to get really clear about what they need and meeting them where they're at. So I guess the summary of my PowerPoint presentation there <laughs> is uh, it's, it's just requiring us. And I don't think it's a bad thing to be more intentional. You know, uh, just a real quick story. I Early on in 2020, I had a leader who said, I'm just really sad that I won't have relationships with people who we bring on now because we're bringing them on virtually. And I said, is that a rule or is that a possibility? And he paused and he was like, I guess it's a possibility. He said, there are companies who do this really well. What do you think they do differently? And that just, you know, right, that's part of it is we've had to shift our paradigm to consider, consider things that are maybe things we just didn't have to before. What comes up for all of you as I share that? I'm curious to get your thoughts. <laughs> no, I think I think you're right on. It's just, it, I like how you kind of just put it into the vehicle. And we had opportunities in the past where, you know, you'd see, see people's pictures out on their desk or in their cubicle and, and could ask about it. And now, I mean, so many people are even like blurring out their backgrounds because mm -hmm. they don't want to see what's in the back. My husband and I were talking about remodeling or changing up the office. And I said, well, I don't think we can move the Captain America shield. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I think that has to stay because people now expect that behind me. Sure. <laughs> My eyes were totally focused yeah. on that too as you were talking. <laughs> so I think picking that out and helping people be comfortable with bringing themselves to work in a different way too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also being okay with people who might not be comfortable with right. that. You know, I had a, it was really, I had a really interesting situation. I was talking to a, it was actually like a, a potential coaching client and we were chatting and he had a blurred background and halfway through the conversation, he said, hold on. And he unblurred it. He said, I know I could be unblurred with you. 
Oh. And it was such an interesting moment. I really like it, even just reflecting on it and sharing yeah. it out loud. It still was really meaningful. And it's okay that people right. might not, you know, want to share that, that element. Because that's the other thing, right? Is that the, not just like work and, you know, home life has been blurred. But if you're working in a situation that maybe is toxic, it's now literally in your home. And so True. how do you protect that? Yeah. I, I think it's uncovered a lot of those layers too, you know, that maybe you could, you could deal with things or you're willing to deal with things that and I had a conversation with someone before uh, earlier this week saying, Oh, people just don't want to work anymore. Like, no, mm. people don't want to work in crappy jobs for crappy yeah. wages anymore. They might not want to work for you. They might not want to like, work I for don't, you. <laughs> I don't yeah, mean to say that. So like there are yeah. some people, companies who aren't struggling at all. No, there's a lot of people that are making it happen. And so if, if you're struggling, I, you know, first thing you should do is look internally. Yeah. Why are you struggling when others aren't? Well, I guess we could go down this road, but um, we've got a lot. We've got, a lot to <laughs> we've got more questions, more questions, because yeah, we're here to talk about you, not me, not John. You know, we've both read Don't Feed the Elephants. I did read it too. I, I loved it. I read it before or the part you sent me earlier, I read some of it and then read the rest of it. So there's a lot. There's a lot of takeaways in there for people to use personally, professionally, but what do you hope will resonate most for HR pros? You know, when I think back to my six, six years in the HR team and the number of relationship conflicts that I had to navigate or help people navigate. And so I hope what they take away from is both for themselves and for the people that they serve is just how to think about approaching those situations differently and how to write by using that curiosity first approach. And not that that's the only tool, right? Like I'm, I'm so, I'm such a proponent of conversations and relationships. They're complex and there's not a one size fits all approach, but hopefully that it offers another framework that people can consider that when somebody comes to them and they're struggling, that they can uh, have just more tools ready to help that person get curious with themselves, get curious about the other person. And then, and then if they need to have the conversation, prime them for that. And I think the other thing is just, you know, like understanding that the, the cost of avoidance. And sometimes we have to choose because it's we it, the situation isn't safe. Um, maybe we're not at a place where we have the emo emotional bandwidth or energy to navigate it, but that there is a real cost in, in relationships. Sometimes they can snap because of, right, like being disrespected, but sometimes it's that slow erosion that happens. And when we think about it from a workplace perspective, that slow erosion between relationships is an erosion of our culture. And so my hope, my hope is that this gives, especially my HR colleagues, some more coaching tools that they can use to help their leaders and to help their team members navigate those moments of, of conflict that they might otherwise avoid. Sarah, when you go all in, you go all in. <laughs> you've written a book. Yeah. And now you've joined the podcast community. It's so dumb, but yep. <laughs> Conversations on Conversations, recently launched uh, last week of January. Talk to us about concept and what have you learned along the way that you didn't expect? The podcast has probably been the most requested thing we've heard from people, um, just because currently uh, that's going to change, right, with the book and things we'll be offering is that uh, unless your company hires us, 
that's the way that we get to interact and engage with with this work. And uh, <laughs> and and it's you know it's been a dream of mine for a while too. Uh, I like to talk and I like to interview people, and that feels like a good mix. The idea of conversations on conversations, it's because everything we do, right, is that our we really do believe that our success personally, professionally is founded on our relationships and our relationships are founded on the quality of our conversations. I love this idea of just exploring different topics related to our personal relationships, our professional relationships that we can explore and, and think about strategies and reflection questions of how to have better conversations with ourselves and other people. And the one thing that I'm, I'm personally really excited about is that the podcast allows us to expand much more into personal relationships, right? Um, you know, when we're working with companies, and even though we're dealing with humans, right? So it's always personal. But to have that space to talk about family challenges, to talk about intimacy and, and all of that, and how does that play in? So I'm really excited to have a space where we can expand and explore uh, how we can show up more powerfully for ourselves and others outside of the work that we do on a regular basis. As you know, because you, you're all pros at this, you've been doing this for so long. When you first start, you don't know what you don't know. And it seems like every step, there's something you're tripping over, there's something you're figuring out. And so we're just really in the mindset of, we know the show will continue to evolve. What can we do to make it as good as we can with what we know? And how do we learn from that? Yeah, and I'm just really excited. I'm also just really excited because there's some really incredible, obviously, there's lots of incredible people. And, and I'm looking forward to the opportunity to to meet new people, but also to get our audience exposed to people who I think are just incredible. Really excited about that. And, and hopefully to give people an opportunity to pause and go, huh, I hadn't thought about that. Or maybe that's true for me. Or hmm, maybe I could approach that differently. Sarah, one of the things that we've done is we've outsourced some of our work and we ask our guests for questions. Bonnie Endicott asks, what's your best time management hack? I love this question because I've been on a journey over the last year to really rethink my relationship with rest and to rethink how I'm spending my time. So this isn't going to be a hack necessarily <laughs> to be more productive, but there's a book I partially read and continued to chip away at because that's how I read books as I alternate between like 10 at a time and I read a couple chapters of one and then I adjust but it's called uh 4,000 weeks time management for mortals the author's name is escaping me at the moment the thing that has shifted me from a time management perspective is accepting that as a human I have a finite amount of time and I also as a human I have an infinite amount of imagination and an infinite amount of possibilities and that the reality is there will always be balls I will drop and there will likely always be people I will disappoint or expectations I won't meet. And can I be more intentional about what ones I'm willing to let go and which ones, you know, as we were talking beforehand, that it's okay to say no to. And that has completely changed how I view how I manage my time now in a way that when I say it's transformed right? My relationship with work and my relationship with rest and, and just being in a healthier spot uh, has been the most significant is just 
it's just accepting that I can't, I can't do it all. So I don't want to keep hacking to try to, I just need to accept that that's going to be part of it. And who are the people that I want to prioritize and what are the tasks I want to prioritize and be okay that there will be some people I'll let down. And that's just, that's part of being a beautiful human. With that, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. The Workology Council, powered by Workology, is proud to sponsor the HR Social Hour. The Workology Council is a mastermind community for the disruptive HR leader who is looking for more. We are a group of experienced HR professionals who share a common goal to succeed by leveraging the influence, resources, and knowledge to fast-track our own personal growth and business transformation. The Workology Council will be the HR business tribe that you have wanted to be a part of for your entire career. You can learn more about the application process, how to get started, and our member benefits by visiting WorkologyCouncil.com. The time is now for you to stretch, grow, and shine. The Workology Council can help you achieve your personal and professional goals in HR by taking your career and organization to the next level. You can visit WorkologyCouncil.com to learn more. And we are back. Sarah, it is now time for everyone's favorite part of our show, the Half Hour Question Connection. Yay! Yay. First question, what career did you dream of having when you were a child? I wanted to be a marine biologist because, you know, dolphins were cool. Nice. Yeah. I didn't know anything about marine biology. Let's be very clear. (laughs) I just wanted to swim with dolphins. Just desperately, desperately wanted to swim with dolphins. Yeah. I mean, it sounds, I don't know, every fifth grade girl in my class wanted to be a marine biologist. There was a whole (laughs) contagion that was happening at that time. Sarah, who's one person you've gained your network in the last year that you think more people should know? Oh, there's so many. Farah Harris. She is uh, the owner of Working Well Daily. She's a mental health uh, licensed therapist who is an expert on belonging and wellness and well-being in the workplace. To say that she has become one of the most important people in my life, like new people, is an understatement. And every time we talk, I just have a moment of, oof. So that is somebody who I think I think people need to know. I mean, a lot of people know about her, but I would I want more people to know about her because she's incredibly wise. Awesome. Sarah, if you could go back to the start of your career, what's one piece of advice you would give yourself based on what you know now? You'll be most successful when you do it your way. And what I mean by that is not not from like an arrogant or ego place, but I lost a lot of myself when I first started my career, especially working in insurance and finance and following the rules of how I'm supposed to dress or how I'm supposed to act and all of that. And it it was in the moments when I stayed true to who I was um, on every level that I was most successful, but it took me a good decade plus to sort of shed those rules that I'd been told about what, what I needed to do or what being professional looked like. And I, I wish that I could go back and tell young 22-year-old Sarah, you're actually going to be better off if you just be you. What is your favorite or most memorable live performance that you've ever attended? I mean, you can keep it open-ended. It's not just like musical concert, right? Favorite. Favorite's always tricky because it, you know, depends on the... Okay. The most recent favorite live performance was seeing Beetlejuice on 
Broadway with my niece, Olivia. When, when our nibblings turn 16, we take them on a trip. And she chose to go to New York. We were real tired. It was the end of our trip. We were literally on our way to the airport and our flight got canceled. We were very ready to go home uh, and we couldn't. And so we went back to the hotel room. They had one room left. They gave it to us. We both cried a little bit. <laughs> and then we said, forget it. What are we going to do tonight? So we went and got tickets to the show we weren't planning on seeing. And it was unbelievable. It was so much fun. And of everything that we did, it was our biggest highlight. And so that holds a real, real special spot in my heart. It's also, it was a hell of a show. It's Beetlejuice. I mean, you know, what's not to love about Beetlejuice right. on Broadway? <laughs> Yeah, so many, so many, <laughs> so many thoughts with that. Sarah, if you could be on any TV show, either as a character or yourself, mm. what would it be? <laughs> That's a great question. I mean, there's the question of like, where do I belong and where do what would I want to mm -hmm. do are two different things. Right now, I would love to be on the Great British Bake Off. I've gotten, gotten real into that. I love the low levels of no drama and support. And I think that I would create really fantastic failures. Uh, <laughs> but I think that's the, in this moment, that would be the show I would want to be on. But would they be delicious? Would they be uh, crisp? <laughs> would, they, would they, would they, yeah, uh, probably not. No, I'm a terrible baker. <laughs> I'm a terrible baker, but I'm learning all about like creme pats and right, you know, patisserie and all of this. And so, yeah, right now that's my current love. I love it. It's been announced that it's going to be Sarah Noel Wilson Day all around the world. What are we doing to celebrate? Taking a real nice long nap, doing something that brings us joy and spending a little time getting curious with the food has to be dips, Ooh. like an assortment assortment of various things, right? The chip is just a vehicle. So an assortment right. of dips and lots of hugs for the people who are comfortable with it. Just lots of love, love and laughter and rest and dips. That pretty much sums <laughs> up my life, John. <laughs> dips, love, laughter, rest, curiosity. That should be your bio now. Like so yeah. the time you speak, just say Sarah <laughs> Wilson, hugs, love, dips. There you yeah. Go. Yep. Pretty yeah. much sums it up. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people will get behind that. Mm -hmm. For sure. For mm -hmm. sure. I'm a big dipper. Big dipper. <laughs> Used to host a dip fest pre-pandemic. No kidding. Five years. Nice. Mm -hmm. mm. <laughs> I want dip now. Finally, Sarah, if you could ask the next guest of the podcast any question, what would it be? What has become clearer for you now than two years ago? I think we should all reintroduce ourselves. I feel like the people like who, need to. you know, when, you know, just because like when we, when we haven't seen people for so long, I think mm -hmm. there needs to be a, hi, here, here's who I am now. This mm -hmm. is what's important to me now. This is, this is what's happened to me now. So it's lovely to meet you both again. Yes. You can't see it very well, but it is now in the book. So it will be awesome. asked very, it's very official. soon. It is, a, it is official. Sarah, you know how we feel about you. We, yes. we are both fans Hmm. We're family. We're, we're family. Yes, I am so happy for everything that's happening for you and the book and, and now with the podcast. It's all, all well-deserved. And I'm so glad that I think that we're your first interview for this book, I, I think. No, I've done I've done it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, okay. Well, you were my first, you were my first one book, You're, okay. you know. Okay. Well, 
we're glad that you were with us. We know yes. many of the listeners are connected, but those that are not, best way for them to reach you out there to get Don't Feed the Elephants, anything and everything they should know. Yeah, absolutely. You can Well, you can check out our website, sarahnellwilson.com, where you can see the work that my colleagues and I do. It's more than just me. I work with an incredible team of humans who share a similar mission. You can connect with me on any platform, any social media platform. My DMs are open. I love to connect with people and to help them out and to be curious. And then from a standpoint of where you can buy the book, obviously you can get it on Amazon, but you can get it anywhere books are sold and would love to hear what resonates for you. We'll have all that in the show notes. And then Wendy, how about you? Best way for listeners to reach you out there. Uh, Best way as always is on my blog, My Daily Journey. And of course, the second and fourth Sunday of each month, you will find me on Twitter at 7 p.m. Eastern time as part of our twice monthly Twitter chat. How about you? Once again, thanks to Workology for sponsoring the month of February. Check out uh, WorkologyCouncil.com to learn more about the mastermind community that Jessica Miller Merrill is putting together there. JohnThurman.com for all things John Thurman. And for the show, HRSocialHourPodcast.Podbean.com. Listen, rate, review, share, follow. Whatever platform you're on, check mark button, follow. <laughs> Big red button. I don't know. They're all different. But whatever it is, click on that. You'll get a new episode each and every week. And when special ones come out along the way, too. International listeners, we've had one international guest so far. Our goal is for more this year. It's easier for you to get in touch with us than for us to get in touch with you. Please reach out. Let's start those conversations. Sarah, thanks again. As always, joy to spend time with you. Yeah. Never enough. You know, it is the HR Social Hour Half Hour podcast. So I, I always push it. I'm sorry. I'll always push it. That, that's okay. That's Having said that, for the HR Social Hour Half Hour podcast, I'm John. And I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect, give back, and network. network. Take care, everybody. We'll see you soon.